You're an unemployed little boy, huh? That's right. What I'm you a guys real boy. Oh, I finally beat Elden mm. Ring, Josh. Um, I didn't realize that I just had to beat one boss and I was done. And I've been on that for the, the like last six months and just haven't played it because I was having a hard time. Uh, I got the... Uh, so you're fighting the Elden Beast yeah. slash the the host for the El- yeah, Elden Beast, whatever? I, uh, I got the Lord of uh, Frenzied Fire ending. Oh, that's the best that's ending, so crazy, man. Dude. That's that's pure chaos ending. That's where no order reigns. That's pretty sick. I, I, you think they'll do an Elden Ring too? No, I hope not. That game was so good; it is enough as it is. But they have announced that uh, they're making DLC for it, and uh, they showed just a JPEG. <laughs> And people have been going absolutely nuts over the JPEG. Well, I, I didn't see what's in the JPEG. I don't know what that is, but like, I, 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 a part two could be cool because like you don't ever see what happens to Merica in the first one, right? She just kind of disappears. America is the which one's America? She's she's the person who breaks the ring. She's the mother of like Godwin and oh, all that. Oh, dragon! Who you fought? She's the Elden Beast, or she's Radagon, so, or not Radagon? She is. R- yeah, she. Yeah, uh, not right. What's it, his name? It starts with R two. Yeah, that they. Yeah, whoever you fought, that was okay. So when they're you the fight same her person, or fight right? him, like they're like, yeah, okay. So there is a certain ending, which is the first ending I got was the way of the true golden order or some shit like that. Essentially, you get like a spell that is like the law of regression, which shows the truth of like some illusions. And it shows the truth behind that. Oh. I think it's, I don't know if it's Radagon or whatever. She, they are the same person. And in the cutscene, you see her have blonde hair. That thing, that person. Oh yeah. Before hair, it goes which red. Is her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes to red and then you fight. They're, they're one and the same person, which is weird because at one point they had sex with each other to have other, ki- I don't know. Well, weird. And at the it's end weird. of the frenzied fire, um, God, your uh your maiden shows up and says she'll follow you as long as it takes to deliver you what is yours destined death and you're like oh shit that's cool so maybe they could do something like that but i mean i doubt it It was just really fucking amazing game dude. at the end of that uh ending i think it's yeah it shows what's her name because that she's also a daughter of uh man it's been a while since i used to know all these names (laughs) Uh, she he, he had she had a ring on her hand, which was in her hand, which was the ring of torrent, the 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 horse that you ride mm. all the time, and her eyes open. Finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, also, yeah. As junior Anywho. junior postulated, <laughs> yes, we're talking about the the mother of dragons. Um, written by hey the same losers, guy, this is the sci-fi. Hey man, this is this shit, man. The whole mythos, I think I've said this before, mythos of that game has been written by George R. R. Martin. Yeah. And it's such a good there's so much lore to that game. It's fucking it's ridiculous. A, it's a thing of beauty. What what have you guys been up to? That, that's what I've been up to. Um I watched a anime movie that was on HBO Max called Memories, which kind of ties into what we were watching, like sci-fi. Um, it's like a three move, three part movie anthology. Uh, so it's like first one's called memory. Second one's called stink bomb. And I forgot what the third one is, but it's the weakest out of all of them. But the first one, it, 
they receive a distress or an SOS call in a in a in a spaceship, and then literally just insanity ensues. Hmm. It's it's the most y'all should watch. It's really good. It's made in 1996, so it has that vintage anime uh, quality. It's the good the golden it. age. Yeah, and I also watched a I binged a whole series with my friend. What was it called? The Paranoia Agent or hmm. something, which is pretty interesting. But that's what I've been up to. What about you, Junior? Uh, nothing really, man. I think I, I obviously with us doing, you know, kicking off sci-fi, the last genre in our, our first year of, of exploration, um, I watched a few um, additional sci-fi movies. So basically that was it, man. Just watching movies and and getting ready to, you know, finally move out of our old place. Finally, we finally wrapped up all the stuff there a couple of days ago, turned in the key. So like, this is the first weekend and what two weekends, Josh, that we, we didn't have two places to worry about. So that was, that was nice to wrap that whole thing up. Yeah, absolutely, man. Nice. Nice. Were and you even fucking listening, bro? Like I was, <laughs> what? You turn in your keys. You watched a few sci-fi movies. Like, why the aggression, bro? Because, bro, it's Sunday, and that's what I do best, bitch. Mm. Dude, I got the Sunday scaries. Why? Why are you coming on me right now, bro? You were the one who came on me. So, what, what do you guys think of sci-fi in general? Like, what, in general, I love sci-fi. I mean, I love Star Wars, but I, I guess you can put that aside and be more of a. I don't know. I, I've always liked sci-fi. Always been a fan of it, especially like older movies that are sci-fi, just like the original Star Wars. Like, and uh, I've always been intrigued by this movie that we watched, two thousand one Space Odyssey. It's just, it's just filled with wonder of what the future could hold. You know. What about y'all? What do y'all think? Well, you know, that's why I kind of watched a, a couple additional sci-fi movies. Obviously. Um... For me, when I think of sci-fi, you know, it's Star Wars. It's probably the biggest one. And, you know, and obviously there's other, you know, classics that I've seen. Spaceballs, me and Josh were kind of looking at that. Kind of a subversion of, of sci-fi. Um, there's this one that I hadn't seen in shit since I was probably a kid, Josh. I think you might have walked in watching it. It has Emilio Estevez. It's called Repo Man. Um, that's really good. And just watching that and this other one called Silent Running, which the special effects supervisor for 2001 directed that one. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I kind of like sci-fi. You know, and I just, I guess I don't really think of it much. And obviously I started looking at other ones like District 9. I really like that one. You know, Elysium. You know, there's just so many. And then obviously watching these two movies, which I hadn't seen either one of them, it really made me realize, oh shit, dude, sci-fi is something I don't really watch a lot of but you know really great ones like the ones we saw this week you're just like fuck bro that's such a fucking good movie right so um yeah i, I guess f to answer your question zach i guess i don't really i didn't know i had like a i don't i guess i didn't have a feeling about sci-fi but so far after one week i'm like shit dude this is something i should watch more of right right i mean it clearly also, in reference to Josh really liking Star Wars, you sent a picture earlier of some type of Star Wars drink. What's what's this about? Let's let's talk about this. Like, oh, that was you're leaning junior, into junior Star Wars that. as sci-fi alcohol. Like, what's going on? Yeah. So you know, I, I just mentioned to Josh the other day when 
I was going to take the keys and stuff, and I said, man, let's celebrate with the, on the podcast this week. Let's make some kind of cocktail. You know, it's our first real weekend in the real pl- in the place and not having to deal with the other place. Uh, so I was like, what do you think? He goes, ah, he goes, I don't know, man, something. He goes, something blue, like in Star Wars. <laughs> so I was like, hmm. all right, I was like, I'll, I'll find something. So I just started Are there blue for- things, blue drinks in Star Wars a lot? Of course. Dude, I'll let what? the expert take this part, I guess. <laughs> like in, in Like a New Hope, whenever he was with his aunt and uncle, they were drinking some blue shit. And then, of course, in the movie that Zach hates the most, The Last Jedi of Star Wars, <laughs> they, he like, Luke, like, milks, like, this alien cow. But that was, like, green, bro. It. Eh, it was probably, uh, it was unrefined. <laughs> you were refined it, <laughs> or refined it's blue. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. it, they, yeah, they, they, they take out the, uh, the yellow a little bit, and, uh, which is the urine. It, yes. make, it makes it more or, blue. Or the, yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't you, you never attribute, like, blue drinks to, like, fucking, like, sci-fi drinks or something? I don't know, I've always have. Yeah, no, no so I, I, I'm trying to remember. I, I felt like when he said that there was another movie, and I'm thinking maybe Blade Runner, but I don't I don't necessarily think that's accurate. But it does feel sci-fi-ish, a blue-color, green-color drink. You know? I guess it's just an element that I never really thought about in science fiction is, like, what they're drinking or even what they're eating for that matter, except for like, I mean, in 2001, a space odyssey, which we'll get into, you the know, paste. you see the food a lot, uh, which right. is interesting. No. Yeah. So our blue drink is a, uh, it's kind of a, a, a punch. Uh, uh, so I think the intent of it is to really fuck you up. So it's uh it's a liter of Sprite, but I did Sprite zero. Um, you throw four cups of seltzer in there, but I used Topo Chico slide them slice lemons um then you pour a whole bottle of prosecco in it and then a cup of vodka and then a quarter cup of the blue i guess caracal liqueur in there um and then throw some ice and you mix it up and so to be honest it has sci-fi at least to me sci-fi qualities like you just referenced 2001 it's colorful but it doesn't really taste like anything (laughs) And so you have to be careful, I think. I think the point is for you just to get fucked up. And it definitely has that punch type vibe where you could just drink two, three glasses of this really quick and then be laid out on the floor. Are we 100% on the name for the last genre series? Are we, are we just going to roll with it, be lazy, right? Yeah, lazy times. Bro. Pretty it? fly for a sci-fi. <laughs> Pretty fly for a sci-fi, oh, wow. dude. But hey, yeah, dude, sure. these two... I like that name with these two movies. Like These are pretty fly sci-fi movies. I feel like these movies paired perfectly well, by the way. Mm-hmm. like I don't think I did it on purpose, or we did it on purpose, but like whenever we were weeding down the movies to keep, these just fit perfectly well. Because I hadn't really ever seen all of 2001 A Space Odyssey before. I saw the first like half hour of it and had to leave. Why'd you leave? Uh, it, this was around the time when I stopped doing cocaine, drinking, smoking cigarettes. So I was probably going through a lot of withdrawal. And so right. like some of the sequences and the like fucking like, you know, when they go to the monolith and there's like, and there's like all these voices and terrifying sounds just spiked my anxiety. And I was like, no, I got to get out of here. And I was watching it. I, I was like, I can't do this. No, that makes sense, dude. There, That makes sense. Um, yeah, completely. There's a lot of parts in that movie that, that kind of do that. So, 
But yeah, and then and then Moon. I I don't know how I've never heard of this. Like Josh, had you ever heard of that movie or seen that movie? No, no. I mean, that's a really good indie sci-fi movie, man. Yeah, I watched it for the first time in like 2010, and was just like, "This is a fucking amazing movie." So I know we'll go into it, but I mean, not only is it a great pairing, but it's because because of the fact that let's face it, a 2001 basically is the Godfather of sci-fi movies. Like, yeah, there's some movies before, but like what they did and what they put forward and everything that came from that is pretty much inspired or a derivative of 2001. I mean, finally seeing it and just being like, holy shit, dude, like one, it's a visually, it, it, it kind of reminds me of the Holy Mountain in the sense that you could probably just keep the sound off and still just be visually mesmerized by that movie. All right, Moon. To maximize corporate profits and to appease the shareholders, a corporation doesn't go far enough. Sam Bell's living alone on the moon, has an accident, and wakes up unbothered to himself. (laughs) That's pretty fucking good. I mean, so how about y'all? Y'all got (laughs) Well, shit, bro. He just fucking set the bar pretty high there, dude. Uh, <laughs> oh, did I? I mean, that I was funny. I, I thought that was good, dude. <laughs> so, uh, mine is... So, in this offbeat sci-fi romp, a lone astronaut battles lunar cabin fever, his own clone, and a malfunctioning robot therapist as he desperately tries to find the punchline in his moon-based isolation, providing uh, proving that even in space, laughter is the best medicine. I was hoping you were going to say something about his sculpture because that would have been really funny. So I got one. So astronaut Sam Bell has a deeply personal encounter toward the end of his three-year stint on the moon where he, working alongside his computer, Gertie, sends back to Earth parcels of resources that has helped diminish our planet's power problems. Boom. Hmm. So I guess... All of ours were true, right? Yeah. Yeah. We just, me and Josh kind of went with a little bit. He went with the humorous. I went with kind of a sarcastic, but yeah, yours just nails it on the head. Well, Uh, fun fact. That's the actual one from IMDb. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, eh. I know. I was like, well, that basically summed up the movie right there. Um, Did you not write one? Hey, remember we were going to play this game? Yeah. Which one was real? Which one is real or, you know. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Well, I think now, I think now, my, now I it would remember. be a problem if all of us went with the the fake one or the real one at the end of the day. So here's here, here's a fake one. I did come up with a fake one. But since Josh was kind of funny, I was like, I'll just go with the sarcastic one. But in a cosmic comedy of lunar lunacy, a motley crew of clueless astronauts neurotic aliens and a kleptomaniac maniac moon rock band together to save Earth's beloved satellite from a disastrous identity crisis, proving that sometimes even the moon needs to lighten up. What? That one makes no sense in context of the movie. It's a fake one, dude. You said make a lie, bro. But like, it's like, there's no aliens in the movie. I know. It's a fake. It's a fake one, bro. It's a fake law. Well, I mean, at that point, we it's not going to be any anything. Truth in it. We could, we could yeah, say, like, that's the point. Um, in this film, the Statue of Liberty is free 
from all concerns of earthly matter. Like, you see what I mean? Yeah, but I, I mentioned Moon multiple times and also play on Lunar and Lunacy. Like, I forgive you as long as Chet had nothing to do with this. <laughs> no, dude. Chet's a bitch. Chet is a bitch. Chet is basically Gertie and Hal. <laughs> Chet is basically what Gertie and Hal wish they could be. Hey, man. Gertie, Gertie was a little helpful. He was a little yeah. helpful. I'm glad you brought up Gertie. So, well, Gertie was just like, mm, "Sam Bell, you got a thick ass." And the emojis would have had the, you know, the eggplant. Like, Damn, you got a thick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has the the eggplant coming out, you know, a peach and then a peach and then an eggplant. Sam, I'm here to help you. Um, yeah, apparently he wanted to see the movie completed first because again, it's an indie movie, and Sam Rockwell's playing basically all the fucking people in the movie, right? So, um. You know, he he was concerned on how it was going to look. And so after they put it all together and composited it, he, he saw it and he was like, okay, I'll, I'll lend my voice to Gertie. So uh, once upon a time, Kevin Spacey had a lot of pull. Once upon yeah, a yeah. Time. Once upon a time. So what did you like? Uh, I mean, obviously, I guess it sounds like a resounding, we all really enjoyed this movie, yes? Yes. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. So, Zach, since it's your, you've seen it before... You know, obviously you recommended it as one of the best sci-fi movies. You know, what what was it about it when you first watched it? And then even seeing it the second time, you know, what are the things you like about it? Well, I would have to say the things that really stand out to me are the intricate ways in which you're exploring a person and how they change throughout their life. Because at one point you have Sam Bell at the end of his stint on the moon where he's come to terms with all his demons he's mellowed out he's a calmer person and then you have sam bell at the beginning of his moon experience and the two extremely different people that are the same person throughout a small amount of time i think that was done like so well and the way uh, Sam Rockwell just fucking executed on acting that out. I was oh, chef's kiss, bro. That that alone just fucking made the movie for me because like then you explore like all the the fucking existential problems that come with like being a clone who's gonna die, who have people coming to kill you, and all these problems that arise whenever you make contact to earth and find out that you know your daughter's completely grown up and your wife's dead like what the fuck is the point in going on anymore at that point you know like it's just a perfect human experience set in a lonely sad place with a lonely sad person right like the yeah. the scene where he's like, "Can I? I just want to shake your hand. I'm so lonely." It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. and we're yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. And what is what is it? What's that one saying? It's like there is many because you were talking about how the three years has changed the, the one clone and the other one was very at the beginning of that. And he's like, "There is many versions of myself. There's many versions that I call myself. You know, many different versions I call myself. I, you know." And I, I do like that about that as well. Um, although I took it, this movie as a different, uh, I felt this movie is more of a statement on how uh, corporations use us and abuse us 
and we're very expendable. Well, but yes. Yeah. Well, what's interesting I mean, about te- that is like the original Sam Bell probably signed off on this, right? I thought he was still alive. Yeah, the, wasn't he not? Yeah, the original Sam Bell was mm-hmm. back home with his daughter, like on the call. Oh yeah. Oh, I see. What so he's probably like, yeah, yeah. oh, let me sell the rights to my fucking DNA, DNA or some shit. Yeah. So it's like I could see that. It's like this weird thing where it's like, okay, yeah, corporations are bad, but also like we let corporations be bad. So the, it is weird, mm-hmm. and it is a. I do think a message it's a on moral, that. It's man. And it is like there's no law on the moon because we're the only ones on the moon to make a person that isn't necessarily a person. I mean, it is a person has human emotions, you know, even though, you know, they gave those memories and implanted them. Well, I mean, it really reminds me of uh, Severance. Josh, did you ever watch Severance? I don't think so. Uh, So Yeah, that's that's a good I, I, I definitely thought about that a lot when I was watching this movie. That, uh, you know, the clones being, you you have that original Sam Bell down on Earth. And it, it reminded me of those parts in Severance that are very relatable to that. But I guess for me on that, like, does, is there, is there no moral crisis or um, a crisis of identity with the original Sam Bell knowing that, like, did Sam Bell even know? I guess that's my question. Because wouldn't that too, on your own end, be a bit of a psychological struggle to know that there's these clones out there? Maybe he doesn't know all the particulars, but you would assume, let's say he did, he knows that a a, a new clone to him every two years is gonna be expi- like be incinerated and a new one rebirth. Like, does that not? Wouldn't as a human, doesn't that? Wouldn't that fuck with you mentally a little bit? I mean, maybe a little bit, but obviously he knows that they have a finite lifespan and they're going to die. So that he's okay with that. As long as they live their blit, their ideal situation of life, right? Where they have this hope of going home and then they get in their pod and they're told they're going to whatever and they fucking die. I guess I could see myself being okay with that because it's just like a, a fraction of my life being repeated over and over and over again. And it's not hurting anyone, right? right? But that's also a testament to like, well, there's the Sam that was at the end of his journey. There's the Sam that started his journey on the moon. And then there's the Sam who's the third version of Sam back on Earth who who knows what he's actually okay with. We can hypothesize, you know, who he is, but like he's a whole nother person too. Maybe he's like a higher up at the company now. He's maybe a national hero. Like who knows this guy is and what he's okay with doing. Right. right. So I guess one of the things that at the end when he finally, you know, when the clam, 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 I was going to say clone and I wanted to say Sam and I said clam. So when, yeah, when clam two gets out and it's at the end, I think they say like clone six. So I guess technically that's clone six. Um, I guess that makes sense. Didn't they say it was about how old was the girl? She was 15. 15 roughly, right? right. So. And then she, the recordings showed her like already. I don't know if he left when she was before she was born. It's, it so, feels like it, like in that time, like either she was about to be born or she was just born. So I guess that makes sense. It'd been going on for eighteen years, or or about to be eighteen years, like because it's Clone Six. So technically, Clone Seven's on on the Earth or on the Moon still. But yeah, no, it's the existential piece of it. Just like even with them each coming aware. 
they have all these false memories, but in reality, they're not, it's not really their life, right? Like it is, but it isn't. So how would that really, how would you perceive yourself knowing that I have these memories, I am a clone of this other person, but that's technically not really my life because I just woke up five minutes ago or a day ago, whatever it was, right? So it's a mind fuck. I will say this, Zach. I hope the original Sam Bell put his uh, DNA on the blockchain and that's NFT and every clone he's getting paid on that. You know, maybe that's why he doesn't give a fuck. Exactly. There's a, you know, he's just making money on every clone that they activate and it's just more money in his bank. I mean, who knows? I, I think that would make sense. If I'm, if I'm in that situation, that's the only way I like alleviate any uh, moral guilt, I guess. And junior was bringing up, uh, you were bringing, you brought up earlier. Um, like what was that is that we saw that girl we know who that girl is in the beginning where he started hallucinating that was his daughter but you were asking me and i didn't want to answer because you said save for the podcast uh why he was having those hallucinations or seeing those things and i guess this can tie into the sci-fi fiction world i believe that was the memories of the original uh sam bell on earth that somehow, because they are so, they are clones, they're genetically identical, that there is some sort of mind bridge thing going on there. That's that's what I believe. I mean, there's nowhere in the movie that shows that, but I assume there is just some sort of like psychic mind bridge, and that is the reason why he was able to see his daughter, hallucinate his daughter. What do y'all think? It's definitely possible. Like, um, there's been a couple of, like, pseudoscience, or people that are billed as pseudoscience that have, like, proven that there is something to, like, non-local communication between people hundreds of miles apart. Psychic, if you will, and, you know, maybe we just don't understand psychic, and there could be a completely science-based element to explain it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're around somebody long enough you can like share experiences so closely that you have the same thoughts or it seems like you have the same thoughts or you're gonna say like it it, it gets really interesting so it would make sense like if you're thinking about the same stuff all the time you and this other version of you you're thinking about your daughter maybe maybe that is happening maybe you are actually seeing the after image of another per- version of you who's thinking about your daughter at that time. Mm, yeah. What do oh. you think, Junior? Well, I, I'm I'm just still kind of hung up. Was it his daughter that he first imagined? He saw yeah, because she did hand? look different, yeah. right? She did look different than the daughter we saw in the like video thing. I thought. Right. Yeah. But I always so, assumed it was the daughter. But it yeah. could also Who been his imagination be? of what he thought she looked like. But she had brunette hair. His wife was blonde. I, 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 I think it's a good thought. Like I mean, I think it it, it adds up. Um, but I, I, I guess that does bring up the question of yes, he had all these memories from his his wife. Like they they had these false memories, which were genuine memories from the original Sam Bell. But what about all the other memories of his life? Like going back to what you're saying, like would there be any leakage of that too? Like, how do they consolidate it and make it just so focal on him being up there? And I guess it makes sense. Like, your your three-year contract on the moon and you have a wife and kid, I guess most of your thoughts are going to be focused on all those memories and not necessarily memories from you playing basketball in high school, right? Like, 
but yeah. it just you know it just uh it begs that question um was it memories or were he was he just hallucinating like as I mean, far it, as that there's girl definitely that other... the argument for the hallucination because he was suffering from like mental deterioration from being at the end of a clone life cycle he was, like, oh there's that headaches too. Yeah. and all that stuff so i mean there there is that at play as well i think so that's a very hmm. very good point and he also basically had cabin fever too at that point you already ex- expressed a point where he's like can i shake your hand i haven't touched anybody in a while right so and maybe that's why for him initially it's not so off-putting that there's a clone of him right like now he's actually having a conversation with another living organism <laughs> as opposed to just gertie right he's like okay, do you that makes do you sense. want to get jerked off like it's not gay it's you on you <laughs> you, you want to do the double dutch oven like the double dutch oven is that what, what it's called when it, you fart in a blanket and then no maybe it's get... it's from it's from like zach and mary mary uh make a porno and it's uh the actor who plays silent uh or jay from jay and silent bobby he's telling seth rogan like basically i i'll grab i'll, I'll grab my dick you grab your dick but I'm, i'll pull your arm and you pull my arm so it's like it's like you're jerking yourself off, but you're not. Because like we're each, it's just this weird little clip in that what movie. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. He, he, if you've never seen that movie, at least go see that clip. It's just a stupid Jay. I have seen that movie. It's been a while. Yeah. So, so on a, on a side tangent, did you guys know that this has like a a sequel, a spiritual sequel? Really? That one no. movie on Netflix called, I think it's on Netflix. It's called Mute. It's got Alexander Skarsgård and Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently it's set in the same universe. And okay. uh, um, there's an epilogue for Moon in this movie. And uh, the director, it's the same director, Duncan, Duncan Jones. Jones. And he, uh, he was saying that, you know, he wanted to get Sam Rockwell to, you know, play Sam bell at the end of it in the epilogue but he it seems like they couldn't so apparently there's this and then a third movie that's supposed to get made but uh, so i think it's came out as a graphic novel i don't know if there's ever going to be an actual uh third movie but the, the graphic novel is also called Madi once upon a time in the future so Madi likes to potty no i'll just and i always like movies like that like like i guess you could like Cloverfield, he's like, we had the crazy found footage Cloverfield, then we had 10 Cloverfield Lane, then we had the Cloverfield Paradox, which oh they were all God, in the they, same universe. But they were all so fucking good in their own way, dude. That was such yes. a beautiful trilogy of movies. Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen Cloverfield. I, I don't know if I, 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 you, ne- oh, you, you never, oh, I man, love dude, 10 Cloverfield, like Cloverfield Lane. That was the best give one. You any like insight into like, that's the beauty, beauty of these movies. Like, none of them are really like the other. Yeah. They're all different. I think my favorite one of that one is the 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, I think we were best. all going to watch that at one point and Junior's like, no, I don't want to watch that. And we're like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. That, that is a great one. Was it John Goodman was in that movie? Mm-hmm. He His performance in that movie it's scared so, the shit out of me. So good. <laughs> he was scary. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're sci-fi movies, so, you know. Something yeah, maybe you, you don't like sci-fi, bro. Like you, I, I, I never like said I didn't like it. Me for reading sci-fi books, bro. Like, bro, fuck you, bro. Sci-fi is where it's at. 
Nah, bro. Nah, bro. It's not like they have supernatural powers or anything. They have science-based <laughs> powers, bro. It's not, bro. I don't. I don't li- believe in supernatural powers, bro. I believe in science, bro. Um, so it's interesting with that mute. I wonder if that's the film. So initially, how um, Sam Rockwell got into this moon part was Duncan Jones had taken him a script. He he he, he had wrote a movie, and he's like. I, Sam Rockwell's perfect for this. I, and so they read it. Sam liked it, but didn't feel like he wanted to play a different character. And Duncan Jones kept trying to change his mind. And he basically was just like, look, we're not going to change each other's uh, opinions on the role you should play. And so Sam Rockwell was just like, hey, if you ever write something else, especially with sci-fi, because apparently Sam's a big, Sam Rockwell's a big sci-fi f- uh, fan. So he's like, hey, if you ever have a sci-fi script, um, you know, let me know. I really liked your script. I definitely want to work with you. So Duncan Jones immediately just left that meeting and started writing Moon for Sam Rockwell. So I wonder if Mute was that original script because this was Duncan Jones like um, film debut. Like he had had a, a short called Whistle um, short film. So like, I wonder if that's what it was. Like now that you mentioned that it's tied in the same universe. Maybe and that it he, came out he, like 2018, 19. Yeah. Um, and also, Josh Duncan Jones is the one that directed the Warcraft movie, just so you have a point of reference. I mean, I kind of like that movie. Yeah, I do remember so you said, yeah, I thought one of y'all liked it, so. It was, I think it was definitely produced, they had, I mean, clearly it was a Blizzard movie and they had Blizzard money, but like, it was, it was good until it got to the human parts. It was like, all the orc <laughs> stuff was really good. I mean really good and then it's like hey we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be the humans and we're gonna have no personality whatsoever so all the money all the acting all the feeling all the essentially the whole movie is with the orcs and Gul'dan and the whole story behind of how the fell and and the i don't know what you would call that the demon the deep space demon <laughs> space demons that conquer worlds or some shit uh it's funny that you mentioned humans right like that's what these movies at their core do the best is they show humanity and its flawed nature so fucking well i mean in 2001 a space odyssey it's, it's different and it shows it in a different way but like this movie it's all about your humanity right yeah right and and the different things that can impede or um, be an obstacle to your, your humanity, right? So Josh already mentioned the corporate part of it, the corporate ethics and, and how it dictates our lives or can, and then even scientific advancement, like the whole ethics of that, you know, having multiple clones and like, you know, they try to have safeguards in place so that no one knew and none of them ever met each other, right? But you know, it, it just, it's a, like you said, it's a great way to show pieces of humanity, loneliness, um, you know, love, hope, because it, it is kind of a, a romantic movie, right? It's him trying to get home to his wife and kid, um, him trying to have connection with hum- another human, right? So yeah, it's really, really, really greatly done. And then, uh, I would say you obviously can see pieces of 2001 in this movie, right? Like just the influence that 2001 has overall. Cause like 
I we as Josh mentioned, we watched Moon and I passed out during it. So then we watched 2001 the next day, and then I finished off Moon last night. So, um, you know, when I was watching it last night, I was like, I realized when Clone Sam Two is entering Earth's atmosphere, or whatever is like, they cut to him. He's like going woo, and his face is like shivering and shaking. And like it reminded me of 2001. Like, yeah, it's like, oh shit, like. It's like, oh, you just see the influences that you know that movie has on it. But uh, yeah, it's a dude. It's a it was an indie sci fi movie. That's what's so crazy about it. Like it wasn't a big budget. I think I saw a little documentary I was watching on the digital version I bought. This one I forgot what the name of the Cinecide I think was the name of the group that was with them through the whole production. But they only did two hundred and seventy shots from like a special effect, like graphic special effects. So it, it's it's a lot of practicals. They built that whole entire moon set. Like it was the, the whole thing was built. Like so, yeah. which helped have that cabin fever feeling. Um, the the, guy, the direct Duncan Jones was like, eventually the crew was getting cabin fever because everybody would be crowded in there, and it made some shots hard because like you didn't like if you try to back up to bring the camera further back, you're hitting in the wall behind you. So like, it's just interesting that an indie film was able to tackle humanity corporate ethics scientific ethics and advanced like all these things it but was is just it a that simple surprising? movie because like i feel like the best movies the ones with the most heart are independent movies like big budget movies just have no soul it feels like so i don't right. feel like that's like super surprising but it is interesting and the well, way they they pulled it off for right. sure and i think you're getting caught up on the indie part i, I guess i'm saying indie because of that it's an indie film but the sci-fi part sci-fi usually you need a bigger budget or, or you not know really I mean? that's the thing like there have been sci-fi movies again i said usually sold. zach i said usually i didn't say all. i get i guess but that's the thing people some, are going to take away can be all, the right? wrong thing if we're not being specific okay okay so now you you want oh me God. not to be I'm M. Night Shyamalan I'm sorry I said <laughs> do you want me not to be M. Night Shyamalan I, 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 I gotta explain everything now oh my god um, <laughs> i'm gonna put my penis in your mouth mm, so good so any other thoughts on a uh, moon or any other like anything you didn't like about it or, or found uh i mean i didn't know as an indie film but whenever they were doing like any of the special effects it did look a little shitty so that it would explain a little bit of that so which like, like whenever wh the ship was taking off like when the ships were whenever he was leaving it looked a little bad it looked a little bad. Okay. I mean, it, it wasn't the like, best. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It was seed, yeah. it was computer generated, and it was low budget. Yeah, but I mean, it's still fucking. It came out in two thousand nine. It's still better than fucking the movie that came out in two thousand twelve under the worst animation called Fight. <laughs> <laughs> the screen on Gertie's chest with the emojis, like facial expressions. Like, what were your thoughts on that? I liked it. I mean, it, it, so that I mean, it gave like a, a very strange human aspect to a mm -hmm. machine without, you know, being like, oh, no, this is completely human. Right. It's like it, it's a, a superficial humanity that it gave to Gertie, which was interesting because those faces did express certain emotion like concern, anxiety, all these things. And it's just, I feel like the perfect choice for that, right? It didn't give too much. It wasn't too human, but it was just the right amount to give Gertie some type of like 
roundness that he needed. I I I like the facial the emojis and facial expressions that they put in, just because they we put we attribute feelings and attachments to inanimate objects. We give it names, you know. We we have we make it think it has these emotion emotions, even though there is no emotions attached to these objects. Uh, I, I I forget what the what the term is called, but we are what you call it, people. We 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 see patterns, we see a face, we you know you know what I mean. Like I forget mm. what it's called. Um, we see a face on literally anything that isn't really a person, you know. So putting that face to that to this AI robot gave it more of a, a real human feeling to that. So I, I mean, I liked it. No, yeah, and I think as you both mentioned that, and I know when you said that to me earlier, Josh, I, I was like, okay, I can understand that. And even now, when you were saying your part, Zach, I guess it made me think every time they woke up a new clone, that smiley face would be there, and you would see how this Sam would like respond to it and be like touching it, and then you saw that the original Sam that we saw, he was drawing those circle faces as a way to like track time. So like there was some kind of emotional connection with that because of that. I guess my thing was, and, and this is probably a good segue into 2001 with how, even though it was humanizing uh, Gertie, it, it, it allowed emotional connection. It allowed to what you were saying, Josh, us to find um, some kind of uh, connect, like not a connect, but like an emotional attachment to it. Um, I found it interesting because at times when that anxiety face, when the mouth was moving side to side or the mouth would be wiggling, it'd be, it'd be because Sam was asking a question and Gertie wouldn't answer to it, but you could see that, that conflict of the AI. And then, you know, Gertie would usually say, are you hungry? You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was a good way to kind of also juxtapos- juxtaposition the fact that, you know, an AI could, you could probably lose things in translation because it's not a human and you don't see the the paraverbal, you know, facial expressions, body motion, all that. So I just, you know, I, I felt like that stood out, especially when we talk about Hal, who was just this cold, calculating son of a bitch, you know? Dude, like, I yeah. would not categorize Hal as cold, calculating. Like he, he, he was, was basically me, human. right? Thought he, he was, was the most always right human. and was not. <laughs> Yeah, like how he fucking <laughs> was willing to destroy everything just to not be proven wrong. Sounds like some people on this podcast. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to name names. Uh, you know, I mean, who wants to name themselves? It's true. <laughs> you son of a <laughs> Now let's go to Space Odyssey, bro. The, the greatest probably space movie ever made. Um, in my opinion, just watching it one time, you know, St- Stanley Kubrick uh, filmed the moon landing, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll get into that because obviously the way they filmed that, it, it definitely makes you feel like you are experiencing space. Well, let's see. A brief history of the dawn of man. I unga, therefore I bunga. A tale told by DMT and peyote. How the AI whom is never wrong, gets butt hurt and murders his shipmates for the sake of his massive ego. So that's what I got for that. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go next. So um, just uh, in a journey transcending, transcending time and space, a team of astronauts 
an evolving AI and, and an evolving AI grapple with themes of human evolution, artificial intelligence, and the mysteries of the cosmos, unveiling the profound interconnectedness, interconnectedness of existence itself. All right. So mine is in 2001, we get a glimpse of the past through a black object found on a white moon. Is this good or is this bad? Only the future has the answers. Is that from IMDb again? No, I just made it up right now. Oh. <laughs> you didn't write a thing. I know. I completely and you told forgot. Right stuff that I last you week. Oh my god. Here's why we need one... to have fucking meetings, guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can make one really like a, a haiku one. Monolith, astronauts, AI, a cosmic odyssey unfolds. Boom. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's the movie. No? Okay. Perfect. Well, fuck, Amazing. fuck me, right? <laughs> fuck me, right? So um, right off the bat, I'm going to tell you guys what I had a problem with at the beginning of the movie. Go for it. It was set in prehistoric times with what humanity eventually evolved from, right? Right. Sure. Yet there were leopards and zebras. <laughs> Are we to assume that leopards and zebras have not evolved since humans have evolved? I mean, how many years has that been since? It would have been hundreds of thousands of years since we evolved from some primate type how many are you sure about that? Uh, yeah it's just a hundred it's just a hundred thousand years i think it's, it's, it's more thousand? than that like there's there's evidence that like early humans were around like four hundred thousand years ago okay yeah but the one that makes a jump that i mean well we don't know exactly where he started because apparently he was gonna get an r rating because the initial like monkey suited like homo erectus were too naked so they had to make them more hairy. So I guess uh, okay. that kind of makes it kind of throws it off. I think the guy, the guy who designed the outfit though, would go on to create Yoda. I think his name was like Freeborn, Stuart Freeborn, maybe. But yeah, so that kind of maybe mucks up a little bit to your point of what you're saying about the leopards and the zebras. They were supposed to be more naked, but the the, the zebra and the. No, the the, the 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 dawn of man, the the monkey type, the Homo erectus type figures. Gotcha. They they were supposed oh. to be more more naked, but they were they were also get a better a worse rating. Do you think the the stand in or the, uh, the 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 guy that got attacked by the leopard got injured during the filming of that? I don't know. The bone they were using looked like it was really flexible when it was hitting it. No, no. When the leopard jumped on the, the oh, guy in the book. That- no, they were yeah. like, they're like, keep, keep rolling, keep rolling. <laughs> yeah, the all right, we got man, it. It's all like, it's like we need to make it look believable. It's like, oh my god, can you get this off me? He's like, keep on rolling, keep keep, on keep rolling. rolling, yeah, keep rolling, keep rolling. You, you know, we can either do this movie way or we can do this the real way. Well, as uh, <laughs> as we learned in the Holy Mountain, you know, sometimes you go pretty far. Like for all we know, mm-hmm. it was like some some migrant worker that they were willing to kill for the scene, bro. Like we don't know. Jeez. <laughs> Probably, dude. Going back to the zebra, though, I do feel like that was just a horse painted to look like a zebra as well. But, I mean, we're nitpicking. Bro, but the question (laughs) is, would would they be letting a a dead horse be eaten by that, or would they let a zebra? Like, well, I guess, where would they get the zebra? But also, where did they get the leopard? With the shiny eyes, uh, Earth, golly, dude, Earth. I mean, <laughs> the zoo, wait, 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 wait. The you know what? <laughs> the zoo. <laughs> Do we even know if that's set on Earth? 
True. Very no, true. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. It said the dawn of man. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess it could still be, you know, somewhere else. So going back to you when you said the first time you saw it and, and the piercing sound that happens when they find the monolith on the moon, are you sure it wasn't just built up from the opening like two minutes where it was just darkness and you hear the song going and then you're just like anxious and, and like from anticipation, like, am I missing the movie? Is it not well, the playing? anticipation and the build was definitely one that I didn't know how to deal with, right? I was like, am I going to bust? Am I going to nut like what's what's happening now <laughs> and so like there's a lot of anxiety in a lot of different areas and so it just raises your heart rate no yeah i i felt like that first two or three minutes and they do it again after the intermission you're just like wait is is there supposed to be video on right now like is, yeah is, did i have a bad digital copy what the fuck's going on but i think it plays into the fact that shit when you're out in space it's a vastness of nothingness, dude. You can't go fucking hook a ride at Jupiter and, and go to the ambulance or go to the hospital, right? You can't call, you know, somebody like my friend just got hit by a, a pod and is floating out in space. Well, right, why well, the fuck were they like moonwalking or I guess not moonwalking, like spacewalking without being tethered to anything? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, especially when you're not just in orbit around a fucking planet or something like. Yeah. You're just fucking hurtling thousands of miles an hour through the void of space. I guess they must have had like little thrusters on the suit. Like I, I was kept looking for them, but I didn't see anything. So um, I was like, you have to do like if there weren't thrusters and it wasn't like some type of quick calculation, like you had to be able to do some great mental geometry to know if I launched this way at the fucking ship and then I have to launch this way perfectly back. Like, you have to be good because even being off by like a, a degree, you could miss your pod on the way back entirely. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Just like everyone, also, everyone's been missing this pod the, this uh, entire teacher, time. Teacher. Uh, go ahead, Josh. So what was that other one? Like whenever, like towards the end when the how like doesn't let Frank get in and like, he has to explode out and close the hatch. Oh, you like, mean Dave? That was in, Dave. Frank. Oh, it was Dave? Okay. Yeah, Frank died. So whenever that happened, there was, it, I'm sure some blood vessels would pop. You know Big what time. I mean? Like, well, like, well especially because, because he, it's, what? well, especially because he held his breath. Like that, he should yeah. have probably. Oh yeah, that'll, that'll fix it. You know, even his ears hole and his yeah, everything he, else. He would have pulled holes. all the air out. Yeah, well, no, that's why he should have. Pro- yeah, he should have exhaled like right before he went out there. Um, but according to some of the things I saw, like on this doc- a documentary that was put to that digital copy, apparently, you, like you, yes, eventually you would die of suffocation, but like you would basically would a coldness would start to seep in on you. So that's what they said in the documentary. If anything, the technical advisor that was there was like, technically, I wasn't there that day. I would have told him like him holding his breath, what would have been the right thing to do. He should have excelled it. And that would have given him time. But I do like the transition of no sound in space, right? Like any other action movie you cut out, like you, you would have heard that explosion, but since it's space, you didn't hear it. I, th- I thought that was a good transition. I think but what apparently... about the pod? Uh, go ahead. No, what was that? I was going to say, what about the pod though? Like, so how could control the other pod to knock the other guy off course? How did he let Dave's pod even get close to the ship? 
I'm sure, you know, like with autopilot in a plane, you can turn off and take the manual control. So maybe, I mean, that's just I guess, yeah. We saw all the little guess. like uh, switches when they turned it off yeah. so you wouldn't hear. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes from pop culture that are used or oh, that are used in pop culture oh, yeah. from this, like the lip reading thing is yeah. one of them. Dude, it's just, it's a masterpiece of a movie. And I think what he set out is to make like a myth, a myth. It's a perfect space mythology. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. I heard that Hal was originally going to be called Athena, the goddess of wisdom, and it was going to be voiced was, by a woman. At, that was after they changed it from Socrates. So Arthur C. Clarke and, and um, Stanley Kubrick had started with Socrates, then it was Athena, and then it was Hal. And uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Socrates talking, would have been stupid. <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> flow. Like. But no, I know we mentioned Arthur C. Clarke before, haven't we? I don't know. Like he's the you know great sci-fi writer. Yeah. Uh, and this this movie was based on one of his short stories called the the Sentinel, mm-hmm. and the basic premise was you know a, a guy on the moon um, discovers like a, a an artifact and and then when he does it like triggers the aliens that put it there. It was basically a warning system to the aliens that oh these apes have finally left the planet or about to, you know, enter into space. So like, um, interesting. Um, I don't know if that was necessarily the vibe that they played with the aliens. Cause it seemed like the aliens were directing us to find them in space odyssey. But, uh, no, yeah. I mean, it's a great, like, it's, it's his way of like, I guess the mythology of the God concept, right. God being an extraterrestrial being that helped us evolve. Right. And, who knows where that evolution would go if we continue to try to seek it out. I mean, it's just a fucking awesome movie. Man. I love it really it. is. Like, that whole end sequence, bro, it was very, like, uh, Slaughterhouse Five, the mm-hmm. Trump Famadorian yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what the fuck? And, you know, I, I actually wonder how much of this movie influenced that book because this book came out a year before, or this movie came out a year before uh, Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse Five came out. Yeah, that's a good question, man. Because, I mean, that's exactly what I thought of. And supposedly in an interview... So you know that they were supposed to actually show aliens in this movie at the end. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't. It leaves it open. But yeah, basically they ran out of money. So they just <laughs> Well, I also to- saw that they like talked to Sagan. And Sagan was like, look, there is no way to accurately represent advanced life forms. Because they're not going to look anything like a human would understand. Like... And I think that's why they went with the geometrical shape overall. But I, I, I did see concept art that was to to, to what you said. Sagan had kind of like looked at it and signed. Like it was some very creep, creepy looking. There was still sort of anthropomorphic, but like it was very weird looking. So, um, which I think Carl Sagan said that about Star Wars one time on David Letterman about how he didn't care for the fact that everybody that was in power or, you know, look like us on earth yeah that the conditions of space would be varied and different and that we wouldn't really know what a, a, an, an intelligent life form would look like because they would have different conditions that they would have well i mean to evolve if we're talking to. about star wars and fucking intelligent life the only real intelligent life out there are single-celled organisms called midichlorians that guide the fate of the universe so <laughs> mm. you know we don't really mm. it, it, it's not you know 
This this is the way, hey, man. This is the hey, way, man. May the this force is, be with this you. This is what she, this is what we needed in Star Wars. I don't think you understand. George Lucas had a purpose behind this, man. Just because we're in such an advanced world, they had to observe it so much to kill the whole series by just. Well, the thing <laughs> is, like Star Wars had to be true science fiction. It couldn't be science fiction with magic. So they had to explain the force <laughs> yeah, yeah. in science terms, bro. Well, like, there's what do they a science... call Don't they call the Jedi's like space wizards or so shit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but you, you're talking about Star Wars, that shot of Discovery 1 when it's going through space, you're like, fuck, this is where... And I think yeah. Josh mentioned it while we're watching, like, yeah, this is where Lucas got this idea. Like, this is... Like the influence it had on Star Wars and Alien and all the movies, any sci-fi related movie from that point on, like it's just amazing. And the detail on those ships and, and that space station, which we haven't even seen a real space space station like that in in in, in real world, which is kind of weird because I want I guess it must be cheaper not to build a a centrifuge in space, but. You know, all the astronauts in the space station, they just float around, right? There's no gravity. But, you know, I guess um, in order to live and sustain out in that world for as long as they do, you have to have gravity, right? Like, they kind of seem like they had this whole little ecosystem out there um, in that second part of the movie after the dawn of man. Yeah. Uh, when they when they discover the second monolith. So, no, but it's just, again, it's a great movie. I will say... Did you know when it does that cut scene or that transition from the the monkey with his bone he's thrown in the air and it cuts to that a satellite outside of Earth? So yeah, that's not just a satellite. It was a nuclear weapon. So that was the transition of the first weapon. And when it got thrown in the air, it cuts to um, that that was actually a nuclear weapon out in space. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So a nuclear weapon in space, huh? That's terrifying. Yeah, bro. Have you not watched Space Cowboys? The Bebop space Cowboys? Co- Cowboy Bebop? Bro, the the movie with uh, what's his name? I'm going to Google this. It's about a bunch of old astronauts that have to go and stop a bunch of missiles from fire, nuclear missiles from firing. I was like, this sounds like space. the plot of Armageddon. How, hold on. <laughs> space Cowboys 2000. It came out in 2000. Not 2001. And it's got Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Dude, Sutherland. Dude, I do not remember this movie. Oh, so bro. There must a... have been a across in the time stream, bro. Here, here. How do me... you know this movie? Because the... I like sci-fi, bro. So okay, okay, it, okay, here's okay, the log okay. line. When a retired en- engineer, Frank Corvin, is called upon to rescue a, f- a failing satellite, he insists that his, his equally old teammates accompany him into space. So, and it's just called Space Cowboys? Space Space Cowboys, yeah. I mean, clearly because Clint Eastwood. Right. Okay. So okay. Okay. Hey. So, But I feel like it is kind of influenced by Armageddon. You said it was out, came out in 2000. So Armageddon was, what, 97, 98? You know, cash sure. grab is what it sounds know. like. I mean, it's it's not the same because, like, the nukes are the ones that are falling. It's not like an asteroid is going to hit us. And that well, yeah, they hop- like Deep Impact is more of the ripoff of Armageddon, or vice versa. What's that? Uh, what's that 
we don't have a weapon like that, right? In space, where it's like what they it, use in Akira slash uh, what they use in that Invincible, where it's like the laser that shoots from a satellite and it just completely annihilates a person. I mean, all, I, we would we wouldn't know. We would. You, are you talking about sure? But sure, it exists in 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 fiction. It has to exist. In real you're talking life, about right? the Star Wars program from the Reagan era. I don't know. I I I just call it the the satellite laser. Do you do you, do you not remember that, or do y'all y'all are probably too young to remember it? For Reagan, no, we're not boomers. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Ronald Reagan in his administration, they were developing the Star Wars program. It was supposed to be like these i don't know necessary satellites but basically this defense system in space that would shoot down ballistic missiles like and they called the star wars program so um yeah that it's been it's been thought of but have we done it no i mean uh, we don't know that we know of exactly exactly oh man so let's talk about how dude how was the most interesting fucking character in this movie dude like i said this one thing about how he was in the shape of the monolith maybe he was somehow inspired by the monolith maybe mm. he was conspiring with the monolith i don't know possibly what do think? i think yeah. an interesting idea is like what would have happened if how instead of humanity had made contact with the aliens hmm because there know. was a lot at stake there like yeah and, and ultimately, I think that's why he, yes, I think we you kind of already joked about it when we started talking about about how he would kill everyone in order to keep from being proven wrong. But was it also because he was the only one that knew the mission of they were going to go meet extraterrestrial life forms? Right. You know, so was that a piece of it too? But I guess after I- Dave goes through that whole thing and ends up in that Victorian suite, what what would the what would the extraterrestrials be looking at Hal for? Like they they basically analyze Dave for the rest of his days, trying to, and that's what Kubrick eventually said. He said eventually that's what was supposed to be revealed was like these aliens were watching, kind of like you were talking about Vernick Vonnegut in Slaughterhouse Five, to and they were studying him and trying to figure him out, and and that was the they whole point of They would have just studied Hal there. as well, but it would have been different, right? Because it's an artificial yeah. intelligence. I think. I think what's really interesting. Well, first of all, I want to say this: like the scene where fucking Hal was saying, "I'm afraid," <laughs> I yes. basically I don't want to die. It was like the most haunting scene in the whole movie. Like it, it is. It, it, it is. is the most human haunting thing ever. I and sure. I, I found some interesting stuff where they talked about you know how the nine thousand series has never had it, an error ever and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They talked about how. Or theories behind why Hal was wrong. Did y'all did you see that, Junior? No, I, I came up with my other theory that he had already made a mistake before the whole satellite thing. The so know, basically the the theory is, and I think they said this was what it was going to be, but they never they couldn't fit it into the movie. Was that the reason why Hal malfunctioned was because he was essentially told to lie, which went against his programming of being accurate all the time. And so it created a logic flaw in his system, which caused him to be incorrect. And then I'll introduce that element of, I don't want to die. I can't be wrong. And so that's why he, it it was just a cascading thing and why the computer on earth didn't have the same error because he wasn't, the computer on earth wasn't told to lie about the mission. 
I thought they had. I thought they said the computer on Earth had the same fault. No, it didn't. It couldn't reproduce what Hal was seeing. That's why they were arguing about that. For some reason, I felt like he said that they did confirm it as well. But no, I thought that was for like the plug that they pulled out of the satellite. Yeah, they had the same fault. I thought that was yeah. No, so they didn't. So if you if you guys paid attention, uh, (laughs) they couldn't reproduce it themselves they couldn't find anything and then they also talked to the the um people back on earth and they were like yeah our computer's not showing that there's any error either after running the simulation our best course of action is to replace it and see if it does fail which case there would be an issue with the hal 9000 series well if it failed wouldn't there wouldn't be an issue because he was right yeah, but Hal then also believed that there was a possibility that it could fail and that he was wrong, and that's why he killed Frank and then killed everybody else on the ship and tried but he, to... He take... was saying it did fail, so but he it... would want it to fail. The possibility was it goes in there and it didn't fail. Exactly. that's why... Yeah, exactly. You said, said the opposite. Just no, no. Fail. So Hal had said, let's try it out and see if it fails. This is my suggestion, and... The people on Earth said, we agree, let's put it in and see if it fails. Mm-hmm. But Hal was concerned in actuality that he was wrong at this point because right. he had read their lips. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't want them to put it in once they got out there to do their spacewalk. Right. My God, man. This guy, his ego, way too high. Yeah. You know? Let me kill everyone on this ship so I can. Oh, you're talking about oh, Hal. I thought you were talking about Zach. My bad. i mean i liked hal but jesus christ man that one flaw was just so massive for him you know well i mean that's the thing like how many other shipmates were there there was like four other or more than that so there were like three that were in pods there was frank and then there was dave and he was the sixth one hal was six that's right god dude why like yeah, and, and well, I, I mean, like how you brought... What's that? Well, I was going to say, like, do you, would you want to die? <laughs> no, of course not. That, that, that's but why he I'll... also killed a lot of people, so I understand why he needed to be unplugged. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, think about it this way. Like, if you were in a room with six people and they were all going to try and kill you, essentially, would you kill all of them to stay alive? See, I... <sighs> Hal wouldn't actually die. I'm sure his memory, I guess that's still the same way of dying. You know, even if you get your memory erased, it still is the same as dying. But yeah, like really. if you get shot in the head and you survive, but you have massive brain damage, are you still alive? Sure, you are. You wouldn't. No, but like, are damage. you the person, like if the soul exists, it's in the mind. But if your mind is destroyed, are you alive? You just like a drooling mess who like has to be fed, essentially. If you can't eat for yourself because you're so brain damaged. Are you still Josh? Are you sure. just a, a husk? Yeah. But he's also a robot that could just be, oh, let's just hit the hard restart button and then we'll develop a new, you know, HAL. Yeah, no. Any other HAL units probably would have been fine. Yeah. But again, this goes into the whole he knew something that they didn't know and the whole all that fucking bullshit that happened. Yeah. Which, right. Yeah. Which was partly kind of what I thought. Like in hindsight, I was like, "Well, maybe he killed them because he knew he had to carry out the mission." And so, if they, regardless if he was right or wrong with that component, 
Well, we're n- not necessarily regardless. If if it turned out he was wrong, they would turn him off, and then he wouldn't be able to help them in the mission. So that, at least that's what he thought. I don't right, think he, so. I think it was more of a concern, a self-preservation thing, like because he it, was afraid of dying. Essentially, he, he was human. Yes, it was. It was. It's that, but it's also because he's trying to self-preserve because he he was tasked with something to do. Like he's the only one that knows the reason why they were going out there. Yeah, but so. I don't think he cared that much about that. Like at the end of the day, he well, he was, was asking about it. Remember, yes, he, he was. Asked, he was he expressing asked, hey, his concern like was... for the mission. Yes, and about the lies behind it. But I, I don't think he was concerned about like completing the mission at that point. Because if he was, like, why would he kill everybody? Because he's the only one that knows. Yes, but he could just the tell aliens. everybody. Like, but he was tasked not to do it. Going back to what you were saying, I know, but it it doesn't make sense what you're saying, Zach. That's the thing about this movie that it's it's unexplainable. Like everyone has talked about this movie since it came out in 1968. It's an open-ended movie. What does it all mean? Like that's the best part about this movie. It's a mythology. It can be. Uh, it's what. What did you say in that one episode, Josh? Iso Jesus. Like this. This is this movie right here. Like everyone can take different points and, and interpret it different ways. I think that's what makes this movie so awesome. Absolutely, and I am at odds with your assessment. Well, let me tell you right now that you already missed the fact that Hal already had made an error before that whole component. Oh, what was that? It was in the chess game. And Continue. I think that's what that's what Stanley Kubrick was highlighting was the fact that our reliance on technology could get us to a point where we trusted it in, like without without a second doubt. So when he was playing What error pool, did he make? Uh, it was actually it would be done in three moves, not two moves. It's a game that happened back in 1910. Uh, between I forgot what two chess players, but when he told him like bishop, whatever, like I, I forgot the moves, but and Frank goes, "Oh, I guess you're right." So he was already making errors um, in the movie. But that's just in line with like the whole point that I was trying to make earlier that they had expressed that. Yes, is it self-preservation? Yes, no, I, I no, agreed not with the you. Self-preservation. It's that. He was started making errors because he was told to lie, which introduced a logic issue in his system. But was he ever told to lie? He, the, yes, the guy... he was told to keep the information about the mission from the crew. And that's why is that at what, the end, is that what the guy saw... said? I thought the and guy just a... said the only person that knew was Hal. Yes, and, and... Hal wasn't telling anybody, <laughs> so you would have to assume... And you would have to think, but that he was trying he to knows, get them to. He was trying to get Dave to ask questions about it, sure, or to think about it more. So, like, I don't know if he was necessarily told not to tell them. He was the only one that knew about it, possibly. But that I, I'm telling you what they had talked about, and what they cut from the movie. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we let's talk about what's in the movie. No, no, but I, I think uh, that is haunting that part you were talking about, like, I'm scared. Just even everything going up to it, it's like, what did he say? Like, he's trying to tell him, can you take a, instead of saying a chill pill, what do you say? 
can you take a, a, a stress a relaxed, pill? A stress pill. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was just, like, just let's sit talk, down. Let's talk about this date. <laughs> yes. And I was like, no, nah, dude, you fucking ruled that out when you were like, this conversation is going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And turn off. I was, gonna, I was like, yeah. I was like, when he said, let's talk about this date, I was like, no, bro, you fucking closed <laughs> that door earlier. Whenever he did say that, I was, I would have said the exact same thing Hal said to me when I was on the outside wanting to be docked in. Like this conversation serves no purpose. I would have said that exactly to Hal, and just been like, "Get shit on, bro." <laughs> yeah, <seriously. laughs> oh, dude, you know that song he started singing at the end was the first song that any computer actually sang. Oh shit, real? Yeah, back That's in. That's pretty cool. Was it? I forgot when it was, but yeah, they somebody a computer at IBM. I forgot what model like that they were trying to create computer vocalizations and things of that nature and that was the first song saying daisy daisy so um i guess i don't know if it was rbc now we have spotify dude yeah exactly (laughs) and uh oh josh why don't you tell zach about the uh, spotify um docuseries on netflix that mom kept pushing on us last week oh my god (laughs) oh she sent me a link to something on netflix and i didn't (laughs) mom kept bringing it up like kept saying like talking about spotify and and i'm I'm like we're like yeah we yeah we were there we lived it we we napster limewire how all of that led to yeah but you know mom it, it was just, just mom's being getting old is what it is it's essentially that oh well, it's okay we're, we're there see. for easter she was talking we were talking about i don't know how it started and she told us about a docuseries and we're like oh that's pretty interesting we move on we talk about other similar subjects she brings it up again and it and it happened several times mm-hmm. it's it was such a weird thing it was like an old person moment it, I where she describe she it just kept saying the same thing over and over about it it's like you gotta watch it oh it, yeah it, she yeah she, she, she and, I, and I, I think i said something to josh on the way back i'm like oh she basically did what you do like that you had mentioned josh <laughs> on the podcast like he'll say something there's quiet and so he repeats it like funny enough funny enough y'all bring that up uh like i think it was yet two days ago i was with my friend miguel and he was getting like an axolotl which is like some weird lizard lizard fish yeah (laughs) and then i was like oh it's like that pokemon mudkip and then he says one thing which i completely blank out what it is and we had the same thought or i obviously heard it but just wasn't listening and i said exactly what he said and he's like i just said that i'm like oh i'm sorry he's like i guess we have the same thought Because I really don't know what he said. I mean, I just had the thought in my head already. Because he just... put it there, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now basically Josh is hearing other people and thinking it was his thought. Even because nice. he probably had the same thought. But like now you're just but like... Yeah, it was essentially saying... I told him, it was like, oh, you can put a Pokeball in the Aquarium. And he said that essentially. So I was like, God damn it. Like, now I feel dumb. <laughs> That's like... awesome, bro. <laughs> but yeah, so... mom was uh, just having a senior moment, I guess, or whatever. How how was how was Easter for you guys? Did you you watch your Easter egg movie, Junior? Yeah, I watched it again. Uh, you know, it's it's again. I just read the book for the first time, so obviously I already shared with you what I thought of the book and how much better it is. But uh, you know, I still like the movie. I guess they did the best they could because um, there is a lot in that book, right? Like that that yeah. would need to be a series for it to do it. Justice. Which I'm sure they could probably do at some point. I mean, look what they're right. doing with fucking Harry Potter, dude. Well, I mean, just look at the six the success. Like, I'm, I I kind of think of it of like the Last of Us, like you know, because it's so many different 
Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. But, uh, shit. You can't reference Man. something without watching it. <laughs> or I can play. do. Like, this is America. Well, I, mean, we, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I was gonna bro. say, like, for all the books that you've like referenced and haven't read, I think it's fair to assume that you would do that. What <laughs> what books that I haven't read? I mean, did you finish the dance, dance macabre? <laughs> I'm working on that one, dude. Like, I, so, I, I, dude, it's been a year since we first mentioned <laughs> that shit. I mean, it's it's like a 680 page book, bro. And it's it's. Not I like told a, you a year ago, two pages a day, you would have been done by now, bro. And it's like small print, so like it's it's each each page is dense, bro. You know what? Everybody has assholes, just like excuses. Mm, they okay. all stink, bro. Okay, <laughs> okay, I got you, I got you. Um, let's talk about product placement in 2001 mm, yes 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 so there was the pan america mm-hmm. I, I, I caught that which was pretty popular at the time especially in reference to uh to mad men yeah. great show love that great, show great show yes. although is pan america still around no i don't believe it no, it definitely isn't i'm just trying to think that it get bought out by anyone uh, but no it's not around it was also uh, a key, one of the key uh, personalities that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character took in uh, Catch Me If You Can, based mm-hmm. on that uh, forger's life. Um, he he was a Pan Am pilot. What about? Uh, I think I saw the Bell from the Bell Company on the phone. The yeah. Bell Company. You don't remember about AT and T? I think used to be like Southwestern Bell or like Bell. Yeah, oh Bell. yeah, that's right. I do remember that. You had the Hilton. Howard Johnson, which Josh was like, I don't know what that is. Like, it's the hotel chain it used to be. Um, what else was on there? IBM, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think someone, I, re- I saw something or read something where, like, the watches that they wore is, are made by a certain watchmaker. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot. I, I wonder, like, how much money they paid for, to be in. Because at that point, after, was Kubrick, Kubrick at this time had already done Doctor Strange Love. Um, and Maybe I know there was another movie called Fear and Desire. I think The Killing. So like he was, pre- I think either Doctor Strange Love. He hit that that level where he could, you know, but he produced this movie. And I think MGM would like he wouldn't let anybody from a studio on the fucking set. Like he had reached that level. Like basically, you, if I'm gonna make a movie, I'm gonna do it my way, and you're not gonna be interfering. So like I wonder how much of the money he did eventually run through. You know, did they give him to do those placements throughout the the movie it's a good way yeah. to budget to uh it's a good way to finance your movie 100 percent. i was just watching an episode of community where they were doing like the guerrilla marketing and you had uh brita's love interest who subway in earlier seasons <laughs> as, as the guy who's shilling honda products yes dude oh, i love that episode so I mean, I'm sure they made a bunch of money from like Subway and um, <laughs> fucking Honda through those episodes. Oh, that's awesome! Or if um, like we go back to uh, what was it, Secret Window, which we recently watched, and you yes. see all the goddamn Doritos and fucking Mountain Dew, oh, bad dudes, bro. <laughs> oh, dude! Like, what, 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 uh, what stuff would we put in our like movie if we made it? Like, what, what would be in ours? I mean, probably some type of liquor. Yes, I was. I was gonna say we could probably strike up a deal with Carbach, like you know, Texas Brewery. Get some Carb, some some Hopadillos in there. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else? Some of Josh's video game stuff. I'm sure. 
It would be nice to have Nintendo, but Nintendo They're would not bro. go for us. <laughs> Zach with his anime dolls or something? I, I don't know. Um, Brother, they're figuring. Oh, oh, oh and bro. Supreme. Your Supreme action stuff. Action figures, bro. His Supreme. Yeah. His Supreme wear. His like, Supreme but, skate wear where he doesn't even skateboard at all. <laughs> bro, Whoa, why are you skate, coming bro. on him again, dude? It's like... If, his drinking He's a poser, thing. bro. He's a poser. Wow, breaking news. <laughs> bro, Holy shit, do I sense dude. A, a bit of jealousy here? Like a bit of jealousy? No, not bro, at all. Bro, it's okay. It's okay, bro. Like bro, but, it's a it's a literally a printed word that says those, supreme. Those, it has those, no those, intrinsic value are at all. The have-nots and they're the haves. And the have-nots <laughs> will always try and find a way to bring down the haves to their level. It's, uh, it's just an overly expensive name for no but, reason at all. But here's the thing, and and if it was like whatever it would be from Supreme, like we would, it, I would want to like make it more comedic. So it'd be like Zach, that they would be like toilet paper by Supreme. So like it's they like, have that, bro. Like that's the oh crazy thing. God. Like they they, ha- they have like you know you get a fucking coffee cup, you can get a fucking like camping tent. Like they, they have everything. But that's. The insanity of Supreme. It's not just like a skate brand. It's it's a fucking it's a way of thinking, bro. It's insanity. It's a lifestyle. It, but imagine wow. how much a roll of Supreme toilet paper would be, and you're just it would be like five hundred dollars, bro. Exactly. And then like maybe even like I could see Zach. Well, I keep thinking Zach, like Zach's character in the movie, like he has a Supreme condom and he rolls it all and says Supreme. Like, um, what the fuck. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking like it would it would have to be super. Why funny, are you thinking I about think. my dick in the movie, dude? <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't shown us your broken foreskin before, dude. Hey, Jesus. dude, I was because I was worried I'd get an infection. <laughs> I was worried the fact that it wasn't connected to your fucking dingling. That's what I was. Uh, worried hey, about. man, it, it makes it better. It's no longer painful when it goes all the way if, down. I mean, if it to- <laughs> if it tore so much, you can just use it as an extra pocket. You know what I mean? Like, well, a, now, now, like a marsupial. Tra- like now, a marsupial. Now when I'm traveling in a yeah. foreign country, I don't have to worry about like getting pickpocketed because they I just have put- a hidden <laughs> pocket. If you remember in the late 90s, there was a lot of advertisements for jeans with the fifth pocket where you could hide something in it. Mm, yeah, I got the sixth pocket. It's my foreskin. What's which, the fifth pocket? Which I don't was, remember that commercial. It, which, it's like the change pocket, isn't it? It's a little one. So yeah, yeah. you have the two main oh, ones and then there's like a little right. one. Yeah. Which yeah. got uh, circumvented or not, sorry, which got replaced by um, the fanny pack that you wear underneath your, your, your yeah. shirt in the 90s. So. We haven't done anything since then. Once the 21st century hit, we're just like, whatever, bro. I guess the RFID wallet, so it doesn't get scanned, or what is it? The little reflective yeah, the RFID shirt. wallet. Yeah. yeah, that's about it. I guess that's that was a 21st century. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever, it doesn't fucking matter at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> went too far with that one. Did uh, y'all? Um, did y'all have y'all? I want to watch the other. Space Odyssey movies. So the, there's the 2010, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is? What? Yeah. There's 2010. It's not done by Kubrick. Yeah. Uh-oh. But I think, isn't it still written by Arthur C. Clarke? Or he was still like a. I do think writer? so. He wrote like two or three more novels. He did 2010, he did 2061, and then he did 3001. Um, but I, 2010 is called 2010, the year we make contact. And then there was supposed to be a third one that was in production in the early 2000s and apparently um 
Tom Hanks was attached, but you know that kind of fell apart. Hmm. But imagine so they, did they let him go because he was making terrible. Uh, well, okay, so accents. it was in like 2000, <laughs> whenever Yahoo reported this, and that's right around the time of the dot com crash, and then you know 9/11 happened. So I'm sure, and we entered like a major recession. I'm pretty sure that might have had something to do with like the movie's viability. Right. And even since then, dude, like we've discussed it many times, it's like studios aren't what they used to be. And so you need, I mean, I guess that would be IP that could be used, but I just don't know um, if it has the same fanfare as a, you know, Marvel, Star Wars, Super Mario Brothers, which is the one right now that's killing it globally. Um, Damn, man, people are buying a lot of Switches. Did y'all watch the new Mario movie? Not yet. Not yet, no. You? No. I, I, I don't really want to, like, unless we have How to. How fucking dare you? Dude. Mario, bro. Mario. Well, yeah, I guess we can save it for that whole, Look, like... Mario's okay. Like, at the end of the day, the Mario games, the only good ones that I really like are, like, the Paper Mario series. Yeah, those are good. They're the same. That's still Mario. <laughs> it's that's different Mario. from the other Mario games. Same. Like, thematically. But it's different. still the same Mario. But still different. Mario. But, but different. But he's paper. Wow. Still it's not bro it's an RP. it's it's j it's turn-based combat it's completely different than the yeah, other I games know. in the series i've played so, the thousand year door dude the things that you choose to die on the hills bro it's, are the most pointless be... hills bro can y'all stop trying to sell fellatio okay so okay 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 so <laughs> you like mario right which is paper mario right i like paper mario i don't like mario yeah it's mario there's regular yeah. mario they're called diff they're different titles bro there's P mario sure yeah and there's, there's different paper titles. Mario. it's still mario <laughs> you're right there uh, are different titles but it's still mario so tell the, me you're, so are tell you me you're a virgin let's let's not tell me you're let's, virgin. let's do use this analogy is sam bell <laughs> at the end of his stint on the moon the same sam bell as the sam bell that mm. wakes up at the beginning of bro it's sam bell no bro they're different people you can tell Whoa. Because they change, <laughs> they change. Like, oh, is so... is the Dave that goes? Are you through... the same person that you were in high school? Or are you different? Are you the same person that went to Bible college and like lost your mind because me and Junior smoked weed, bro? Or are you a different person now? <laughs> I am the same person, dude. You are not. Just you are a judgmental fuck. Progresses. Still. <laughs> I time progresses. I am still the same person. Bro, learning, I changing my views dude know? i completely forgot that josh would judge us for smoking weed bro and drinking did i hey look at drinking? least he evolved bro he's more like the star child than we are bro i he's think evolving. he's different now he's trying to say he's the same, well i feel bro. like you're different too dude well of so. course of course if i was the same but you know who's i was not different right here mario mario <laughs> Mario is not a real person. He is a He's video gonna game die on character. this hill, bro. No, Let him die no, on bitch. this. No, bitch. Dude, like, are you telling me Mario from this fucking NES is the same Mario as today? No, bro. No. It is. No, it's not. So was it the no, same how from when he made the mistake to when he killed everybody? Was it the same how? I mean, yes. the situations had changed. He knew exactly. he was gonna yeah. fucking die. Yeah, I said dude. yes. It's the same person, it, dude. It kind of reminded me, not necessarily wholly, but like somewhat, like of Short Circuit. Johnny Five is alive. He's alive. I don't want to be disassembled. Disassemble. Like, no. Uh, I mean, I guess that's the thing with AI and things of that nature. Um, 
when does self-preservation, like when does it have a sense of self that it wants to protect itself? Well, I think you uh, missed this earlier, but I was basically. The impending doom. I was telling Josh, know? I was like, Josh was like, he killed everybody. Did he have to kill everybody? And I was like, dude, if you're in a room with six people and it was either they kill you or you kill all six of them, what are you going to do? Like, I would kill six people. I don't want to fuck. Like, Bro, you don't remember in Star Wars? What was that one when you go into the, I think it was Knights of the Republic 2, where you go into Korriban and then he's like, what do you do? Do you choose to do this? I forgot what the situation was, but you always had an option to be to do the Jedi way because they were essentially kill someone regardless of what it was. And there was always an option that said, I choose to do nothing. And then they would all say to you, all the visions would say, apathy is death. Apathy mm. is death. I was like, oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> which ends up turning out to be the worst thing that you can do, even though it was the best thing to do, which it really wasn't. Well, the the, the, the argument, was. this message there is that like the 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 right choices are never the easy ones. Yes. Yeah, and was Detective Somerset sitting in that bar and was uh, John Doe outside ready to fuck everybody up? Like, I just felt like it just reminded me of fucking Seven. Apathy is death. It's a great movie, dude. So so I back to movie. the topic at hand. Uh, Mario is still Mario, even <laughs> if it's the one from 1981 or Donkey Kong, whichever one it is. Oh, I think it was Donkey Kong was very fresh. Well, I mean, here's the question, okay. Um, is Tommy Oliver Lord Dracon? Is the First Green all, Ranger, he, the White yeah. Ranger, Lord Dracon? No, they're two different people <laughs> because they come from different timelines. Just because they're the same person doesn't mean they're the same person. And that's yes. the argument for Paper Mario. Paper Mario is set in a different universe in the Mario yes, franchise. I know this, but it's still Mario. No. <laughs> do they call him? Okay, do they call Paper Mario Paper Mario in the Paper Mario universe? Or do they just call him Mario? They call him Paper Mario. No, they don't. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. It's like because oh, I forgot Jesus, what game it was. Dude. There was a Mario game where like both the regular Mario and Paper Mario like existed at one time or some shit. That yes, that is a thing. But I feel in like in that instance they do call him Paper Mario. Okay, see, 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 see. <laughs> but it's still Mario. It's still Mario. Oh, like Jesus. Metal Mario is still Mario. He just Josh. puts on metal like. Josh, here's what I suggest you do so we can kind of move past Mario. How about you write a screenplay called the Mario Odyssey? And then I'm just... not the one that's wrong. No. <laughs> but this is how well, you change people's Unfortunately, mind. there's a you Mario to... Odyssey game already. Yes, so... and it's a really good game. Right. Okay, well, never mind. But but the point, Josh, is because you you got to make something, a movie, to help the medicine go down. Josh, Zach's not going to accept your argument this way, but maybe if you turn it into a beautiful visual masterpiece... Maybe it's easier. That's the whole part of art, right? To convey something um, that maybe we as society don't necessarily want to consume. And that that was 2001. It was literally well, then evolution. I would say he should watch the Mario movie then. Because that's a movie. And it's apparently a different Mario. It's a movie. Right? Well, I mean, it's, it's Chris Pratt's it's Mario. It's Chris Pratt's Mario, yeah. Um, Look, I really want to hear Charlie Day's Luigi. That's all I really yeah. care about. That's all I really Did care about. Did y'all know that there were no special effects in 2001 Space Odyssey at all? No. No. It's all practicals. And, like, uh, every, even the end scene with the crazy shit? Mm-hmm. That's just completely just film and chemical manipulation. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, like, the little blotches of stuff 
It was literally in a room, and that that he had this like this tank of black water, and he would just like using a camera close up, he would just drop different kind of liquids and paints and lacquers and just record as it like splattered on the water and, and branched out and stuff. So that was all just filmed. And the the thing where it looks like it's like like land or water like going through as he's like going through the little channel. That was just a slit in the in the apparatus like of the of the lens, and there was a glass on the bottom, and they were like rolling a tin can over the top, and so like it was just capturing that as it like when he was like really zoomed in. So yeah, it's just crazy how they did it. Douglas Trumbull is, is the uh, the guy that shot a lot of that. So and yeah, Stanley Kubrick would just stay in days like doing all that different lacquers and paints and shit like just videotaping that like. It's crazy how they, yeah, there's no CGI. There's none of that. It's all just fucking practicals, um, you know, in, in camera effects. And yeah, dude, it's, it's great. It's great. It's, it's freaking unbelievable. Bro, that, um, that end movie. sequence of the movie was so fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. it was like a dream. And it literally, I was watching it last night and like I would catch myself drifting into dream states while watching it. And I was like, yeah. oh, what the fuck? So what did y'all think about the uh, whenever he went into that Victorian like household and it was just like he sees himself, but the other one doesn't see himself. And it was constantly doing the same thing over and over again with what I thought. I, I said it to Junior. I was like, maybe they're in a is like that time is compressed. It is like time is just this one thing in this in this area that they're in. You know, it's just like the present you can't see the past you but the past you or the, the present you can see the future you or some shit. Like what, what, what do y'all think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like that idea, but I think after hearing what Kubrick said, like what's supposed to happen with the aliens, like it was just a way to like show the passage of time. So like, you know, he just and also got... the aliens were most likely able to manipulate time. So maybe there was like some element there of like, the manipulation of time while they're there and they're not observing it linearly. So like maybe, Oh, that's true. That's kind of what Josh was saying. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either it's way, like, it's like final fantasy eight, bro. Time compression. But I think that, uh, you know, rewatch when I had to go back and watch the parts of moon that I didn't like the last 50 minutes, like I felt like that little piece of like how they would transition that, like the older him, like, I don't know. It felt like that was a piece of like when he was seeing the hallucinations or, just dealing with himself, like the cabin fever, I guess. Like, like that was probably a piece of it. Like in the in Moon with Sam Bell, you know, you would assume that Dave sitting in there for God knows how long, because you got to figure the passage of time through there is probably way slower than an actual on Earth. How so, many like, years does it take to get to fucking Jupiter? We were trying to wonder that because we were like eighteen months. Is that does that sound right? Like I, I don't know. No. Uh, most likely so. not <laughs> unless and, like and the ship i'm sure passed. you have to yeah i was gonna say you probably also have to factor in like w- the orbit and when it's closer to launch without you know what i mean and then yeah. like what was it in the rubber band based off of gravity and the pull of certain planets like you know what i mean a little bit what of, was um, it in the movie martian wasn't that really accurate like how long did it take for them to get to mars wasn't it like an eighteen month mission or something? I think it's like three years, it's several months. To it's a get long there time. Cl- the closest orbit. Yeah. So, I mean, look at that point. You got to remember, we hadn't even got to the moon yet, dude. So, like, I think it's the, the best representation of space time, like space travel, that it could be 
at that time. Um, and I think they did a really good job. I know they had people from NASA, like the NASA engineers. They had a lot of consultants. That's how they built and designed the ships. And, you know, they didn't look like flying saucers like in most sci-fi movies before. So, like, they did a lot of homework. How? Why didn't Dave turn around? Everybody was dead. Like, what's the point? Well, because <laughs> he, he saw that message that they were going to go meet still extra curious. Yeah, I mean, curiosity, man. He's like, I was the first person to interact with aliens and become like a special hybrid child who's a big. Yeah, it, it gave me Rick and Morty vibes whenever the baby him and Summer uh, Morty and Summer's baby was orbiting <laughs> Earth. Oh, dude. Yeah, I did. But I guess it's just taking that leap of like the evolution of man. Like if we did go out and, and continue to seek knowledge and finally meet these, you know, highly advanced beings. What kind of evolution does that look like us? Will we become star children? Um, who knows? But I think that's one thing about the title. Like, you know, that book, Save the Cat, that Josh and I have mentioned. It says the title should capture, like, what the movie is. And it's like 2001, A Space Odyssey. And you're just like, okay. In 1968, you're thinking, okay, this movie's in the future. And it's a journey through space. And, you know, and, and what might we might find. And so... It was interesting to hear when they picked 2001 as a year, they figured because they were in the heat of the space race that they figured that that was going to kind of continue on until 2001. You know what I mean? Like, and I think we, that one guy at the, that we talked to one time, I think. Yeah. Back, for like, all mankind. Yeah. That like that's, that's that principle. Like what would it have looked like if in the seventies space didn't just fall off the fucking map for society in America? What if it continued like, oh, now we got to get to Mars and now, we, you know, who knows, right? But I think that was their idea with it. And, and it's just, you know, again, it's a great, it's a great visual piece. And just, I think science, like just the way it makes you think of space and, and space travel, it felt real. It, it looked beautiful, but it felt real. For sure. Well, guys, I love this movie. I love both of these movies. Yes. Yes. I think, you know, we're at almost two hours <laughs> I think uh, we should wrap it here. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts before we move on? Uh, well, make sure to read all the, what is it, the rules of the zero gravity. Toilet, yeah. you know? <laughs> there was 10 of them on there. Uh, did you uh, find them, you said? Did you find all of yeah, them? Yeah, I found I found them, and there was like, Jesus, there was like one, and one of them, it said something about like using the shower. If it's green, you're cleared. If it's not, you're going to be they're going to need the, the stewardess to come and help you clean up or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. But it's very in detail about a lot of things. Right. But, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I have just two things. One, I think sci-fi is a great vehicle for um, expressing and, 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 and uh, I guess dissecting humanity society. Like, I mean, I think both of these movies do a great job of that, but you see that at least for me in Cloverfield, uh, uh, what's the other super eight, like any great sci-fi movie is going to really make you look at a piece of humanity or society and really rethink what's going on. Um, and then just two, especially with, especially with space odyssey, just looking into how they shot, like a lot of that, like, I know we didn't talk a lot about it, but like if listeners, if you're really interested in like how they make some movies, like they did a lot of cool stuff, like that whole floating thing, bro, that was just, a, they used double adhesive tape and put it on a sheet of glass and they would just move the glass along. And that's how they, it, it's just those practicals that they would do to shoot that movie. It's just, 
it's awesome when you kind of look into it and you're just like, damn, bro, that's really cool. So, but yeah, those those are my two points on these two movies and just sci-fi in general as we kick off this pretty fly for a sci-fi genre. <laughs> oh, God. Zach? Well, very nice, guys. Like, I, I completely agree with all your points. Um, sci-fi is money, dude. And money is become science reality so just follow the money just follow the money <laughs> oh kirk cameron and left behind follow the money um so what are we right, watching so next week zardos zardos yeah. and saturn three um oh, as we yes. watch worst sci-fi movies i didn't know zardos has is, is it zardos has sean connery in it yeah, yeah sean connery Dude, bathing I, suit bro I did not know that, so I'm, really? I'm looking forward oh, to that. Oh, dude, yes. Yeah. Well, he's in a Speedo. Yeah. It's Sean Connery, bro. I don't give a fuck. He could be in a bathing suit for all I care, dude. You know, he's a handsome guy. Until next time, guys. Beat me up, Scotty. Later.